Aloha from San Diego, Las Fans. You are tuned into a special Comic Con edition of the Transmission. I'm Jen. And I'm Ryan. And as promised, we're going to be documenting our return here to the Geek Prom. Now, fair warning up front. We probably got maybe 5% lost content. If that, we just want to, as before, kind of share our experiences here at this fantastic event because we know not everyone can be here. We are here for Lost, but that's only a small part of what Comic-Con has to offer and only a small part of why we're here as well. So here we are in our hotel, uh, just about ready to go to bed, very, very exhausted. Now, this was only a partial day, supposedly, right? but it sure felt like a full day, although I'm sure having travel involved, that was a big part of that. So we'll, well call this another mattress Being cast. on a plane makes any day a full day, no matter what. Well, we got to say, though, the trip over here wasn't half as eventful as it was last time we came. No, last time we missed our, our plane, but this time everything went very smoothly. The flights were very full, but it all went very smoothly. And I got to say, I'm a believer in United Economy Plus, those five extra inches do make a big difference. Yes, they absolutely do. I think we're going to be springing for that, but uh, no real complaints, I would say. Well, apart from the bare foot. Oh, the yes, tell (laughs) them about the foot. Uh, Well, we were stretched out and um, happy and trying to get some sleep when all of a sudden I noticed that there is a foot sticking between the two chairs, a completely barefoot, no less. Yes, I guess the person behind us really wanted to get comfortable, and when he started stretching out, he sort of intruded into our area, and of course, it was cold on the plane, and I guess Jed's armpit was warm, so (laughs) it just sort of squirmed its way in there, and you whacked it, you nudged it, I kind of tickled did it just he was really really out yes so uh, i did take a picture of his foot and posted to Flickr. so so you can take a look at that if you're <laughs> if inclined you, if you want to but in any case we got into uh, san diego nice and early you know the sun was just rising when we got on that last flight from san francisco and uh, it was it's beautiful here in san diego and warm it's a lot warmer this summer than i remember it being last time but it's still very beautiful and very lovely yeah i still got to kind of get used to the air quality or what you know what is considered a beautiful day in san diego is a pretty bad day i think in honolulu but apart from that uh we're definitely glad to be back in this wonderful city you have said many times if we had to get thrown off the island if we got voted off the island i would it would not suck to live here absolutely so after landing our first order of business was finding breakfast and we actually had an opportunity to check out a past recommendation right hash house ago go in Hillcrest on 5th Avenue. Everybody said to try this place. And and we went and I was a little skeptical at first, but we went in and we saw the menu and and I knew that we had made a good choice. Yeah, I mean, they're all about the flapjacks. They have dishes named after truckers or they call it the truck driving breakfast or something. And, uh, you know, it's actually kind of a bar restaurant. It's a neat neighborhood. Hillcrest, by the way, kind of reminded me a little bit of Austin, kind of artsy, uh, you know, rare bookshop here, a uh, internet cafe devoted to Uh, shall we say, rainbow people there. I mean, you know, just (laughs) kind of a neighborhood that I'd like to hang out in. But the the, my first warning about the breakfast, though, was I was like, wow, I guess San Diego is expensive. This pancake, this single pancake is $12. But it turns out there was a reason for that. Well, that's because it could 
probably feed four people is about 18 inches across. Absolutely. And Gigantic. huge. Gigantic. I've uh, never seen anything like it. I ate maybe a third of it, and I was stuffed. I mean, I didn't just eat a third of it and felt fed. I ate a third of it and really felt that I was pushing the limits of my stomach. But it was delicious. Yes. And uh, you had uh, sort of a, the, one of the more complicated or one of the more rich-looking omelets I'd ever seen. It was seen. basically just scrambled eggs with avocado, onion, bacon, and Swiss cheese, but also on the side were some really wonderful home fries. Yeah, the home fries were actually my favorite part of your dish. But in any case, Hash House of Go-Go in Hillcrest, definitely two thumbs up from us. Yes. So uh, after that, we headed straight to the hotel. And unfortunately, our good luck in travel ran out here because last year we got to check in early and just sleep through half of the day. But uh, this time, nope, we got there at 9 and they said, we will not have anything for you until 3 p.m. So after attempting briefly to wander the neighborhood, that didn't work out because it was just kind of hot and we were just yeah. pooped. So we ended up just crashing in the hotel lot. Much to the chagrin of the other guests. <laughs> yeah, we looked like a couple of slightly dorky homeless people. But yes. uh, they didn't kick us out. And uh, eventually, you know, basically everybody was converging on San Diego. So soon enough, it was time to kind of continue a tradition and meet up with some friends at In-N-Out Burger. Right. The In and Out in the Fashion Valley Mall. We met Mission up Valley, with Mission, Mission Valley. Valley Mall. See, this is how we got lost last right. time. But in any case, we met up with uh, Jay, Colleen, Cliff, and Jana. Yep, yep. And uh, they had the burgers, which were delicious and disgusting and delicious, but uh, we were still full from breakfast. Right, so we just we had a couple of chocolate milkshakes. But in any case, it's always good to catch up with them, and uh, we really went there mostly to annoy Jack, I think, that you know, he's not a fan <laughs> of, of In-N-Out Burger, but uh, we're going to we're have to go back to have a burger, because this yes. didn't even count, but it was great to connect with our friends. After that, we did get a room. We got back to our hotel way up on here on the 10th floor, executive floor, um, nice hot shower and a nice long nap to really catch up, I think, and get ready for the evening ahead. But we, mostly we were just taking our time getting down to the convention center because last year we stood in that epic line for the badges and, and we thought, well, maybe if we time it a little different, we'll miss most of the crowd. Yeah, last year was great. We met Kevin, uh, one of our listeners who just happened to be standing behind us. He was there Hi, with his Kevin. parents. Hi, Kevin. And uh, that was great. But really, we stood in line for three hours and then when the line started moving, it disintegrated so fast that people were just walking in off the street right now next to us, despite the fact that we'd spent three hours in line. Yeah. So this time we just showed up late and we did not stop. I mean, we stepped off the crowded trolley. It was crowded, but we did not stop walking until we got to the badge issuing no, desk. from beginning to end, the whole process took three minutes. So uh, definitely one thing to learn if you're coming to Comic-Con is that lining up to get your badges on preview night is not particularly necessary. They started at 3 p.m., but you can't do anything with it until 6 p.m. So uh, in fact, because of that, uh, we again just sort of hung out in the halls and met more familiar faces. Right. We saw Chris in Boston, Illyrio, Stuart, who was dressed as Hurley. Yeah. Stuart, um, by the way, if you haven't read the, the most recent interview with uh, uh, Damon and Carlton, they were asked, what was your favorite Comic-Con memory? And both of them said it was Stuart. last year when Stuart came up dressed as Hurley. And he says he's got something even better planned for I can't today. wait to we see it. I can't wait to see that. But yes, so Stuart, you mentioned Chris in Boston. Ralph, Jack. always good from the Darmalars. Jack, yes, joined us. Uh, Adam, uh, Joe of Joe Opinionated. Right. And she's going to be a content maniac here. If you want to keep up with someone who's even doing much more reporting out of Comic-Con. Joe Pinionator is probably somebody yes. that you're going to want to follow, follow. Desiree as well. So again, lots of members of the Lost Fan community and 
I got to say, that's really the draw. Oh, and, yeah. And Comic-Con is a completely different experience when you're lost. You know, when it's your first time and you don't know what you're doing, it really matters to have people that know what they're doing. But having friends to hang out with makes everything better. So we're definitely Absolutely. glad for that. Um, eventually, though, they did open up both the preview room and the expo floor. And we decided to start with the expo floor. The main purpose we, we had in, with the expo floor was to obtain a Benjamin Linus a bobblehead doll. Absolutely. Definitely a hot item. Only 1800 made. They weren't even sure if the supply would last through preview night tonight. So we knew that that was pretty much our mission. It was done by Entertainment Earth. And I was tweeting back and forth with them. And they, I was like, are you sure you're going to have some? Where can we find you? And uh, the line was long. Um, we met with someone else who joined us in line there, Sydney. Sydney, yes. Um, and in any case, we did get, we did, you know, mission accomplished. We got a few uh, Benjamin Linus bobblehead dolls. Right. But the, um, more interestingly also were some other items. There were Dexter toys and also toys from the Big Lebowski. Even a Star Trek bobblehead. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Entertainment Earth was, uh, or Earth Entertainment was one of the big draws. I would say the longest line tonight was probably for Mattel. Right. Now, they do a lot of, a lot of these vendors do what are called Comic-Con exclusive, things that they only make available here. So those are the things that people rush around to collect and then probably sell on eBay. And our friend Jay, he's a lost fan, but he's actually here on the hunt for Ghostbusters. Right. He scored um, the... the Stay Puff Marshmallow and Safe. So all kinds of cool stuff. But yes, we got bobblehead... Uh, Ben's, and I think what we'll do is we'll probably give one away here on the transmission. Yeah, we're not sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to have some kind of a contest and we'd like to give one of them. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell how many people said on Twitter and uh, on, on, on Facebook that they wanted one, so we'll see what we can do to make that happen. Um, after we uh, wandered the uh, expo floor, and actually I gotta say, it was pretty crowded for preview night. Well, we walked in and it wasn't that crowded, but it seemed like in the time that it took for us to get the Benjamin bobblehead, it got very crowded very fast. And, you know, it's hard to describe just how crowded this is, especially since this is preview night, so this is the limited access evening, um, but you're still, you know, shoulder to shoulder, bumping into people, stepping on people. I don't know how many people I had to apologize to who had to apologize to me, um, and we kept getting lost or losing each other. We had to find the false, the tallest member of our party and kind of fixate on that person's head just so we wouldn't get lost, and this is preview night. It actually gets worse worse from here forward so we definitely were glad to check out the expo floor i'm not sure if i have the nerve to do it on upcoming <laughs> nights but uh, in any case that was fun but after the expo night we did what preview night was for and check out previews right there were previews in ballroom 20 of v the new show starring elizabeth mitchell from lost and we also caught the vampire diaries <laughs> which uh, stars another lost al alumni there uh, ian sommerhalder who played boone Ooh, right well let's see well what did you think about v i love it. I really? loved everything about it. I love the pacing. I love the drama. I love the acting, the sets, you know, like the spaceships. I thought all of it was just incredibly tight and very well written, and I can't wait to see more of it. I, that's interesting. I mean, I liked it. I will say that I liked it better than I liked the preview that we saw last year of Fringe. And it turns out Fringe turned out to be a pretty darn good show yeah. after the first few, um, but it was kind of weak, I thought, when we saw that preview. This, this preview was very strong, and frankly, Elizabeth Mitchell is a big part of that. We're huge fans of her. We'd watch anything with her in it. Yes. Um, but, you know, some of it was still a little 
cheesy to me. I mean, maybe I just can't get the old miniseries out of my head with the puppets and how badly things were done. Um, and I think also the sci-fi genre that uh, they're trying to really revive now is starting to develop its own kind of cliches and certain lines and things that uh, are starting to get me to roll my eyes. But I did like it. They certainly didn't spare any expense with the special no, effects. No, I thought the effects were wonderful. Yeah, the spaceships, the sets, um, just sort of the cityscapes with the giant spaceships hanging over it, just mind-boggling. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain that level of special effects for the rest of the series, but just like how they you know, broke the bank with the Lost premiere, clearly they want to make a strong first impression here with V. So Elizabeth Mitchell plays, a, I guess, an FBI agent, yes. uh, but she's also a single mother. To a of, teenage uh, boy. And again, if you want to talk about you know cliches and drama, some of that was a little annoying to me, but I guess maybe I'm just dreading the future teenager in our family, and so those interactions. <laughs> actually secretly scare me. But there are other familiar faces, especially if you're a fan of Firefly. You should be a fan of Firefly. Right, Alan Tudyk, who played Wash on Firefly, and also Marina Baccarin, who played Inara. Uh, She plays kind of the PR alien. (laughs) The PR alien on V. And, uh, you know, I gotta say, as far as casting goes, that's who I would pick if I were an alien race. Well, I think she actually is an alien because she's just that perfect. She is uh, definitely a good-looking lady. Yes, she is. Not more beautiful than you, though. But... uh, (laughs) So I liked it. The the music was pretty good. I'm not sure. It's not Michael Giacchino, obviously, very sci-fi-y, but I think it set the stage pretty good. Well, I thought the the music was very appropriate, a little bit Lost-like, but I thought that it served the story well. So uh, you are going to be adding this, I guess, to our TiVo season passes? You bet. All right. So a thumbs up there. And uh, moving on to the second uh, preview was The Vampire Diaries. (laughs) How did you like that? Um, Well, it's it's kind of Gossip Girl meets Twilight. Yeah, I think... Basically, if you like CW shows or if you're in the demographic that likes CW shows, this is a show for you. Yes. Um, We found it hilarious, but... Not unintentionally <laughs> hilarious and uh, we we were probably getting a lot of eye rolls and, and nasty looks because in fact most of the folks we were sitting with Jay and Jack and Colleen and Cliff and uh, all of them were basically Mystery Science Theater 3000-ing the whole way through and making <laughs> cracks um, and of course making many lost jokes because Ian Somerhalder is in the show right and actually he was probably the strongest actor in the I show. thought he stole the show I thought even though his lines were kind of cliched and the dialogue was not great he sold it. I believed what he was saying, and I think he did a really good job. I mean, you know, clearly vampires are the thing of now, right? Uh, Half of the people here at Comic-Con, it seems, are here for Twilight and anything vampire-related, and uh, I guess that's... And and cliches do come with that, so maybe you can expect some of that with a series like this. But most of the dialogue we laughed at because it was unintentionally funny. Ian Somerhalder was the only character to deliver any lines with enough sincerity that they were funny because they were written well. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually, I think it's not so much the the writing of the show. Maybe it has to be cheesy to be a vampire story, but none of these actors or actresses seemed particularly experienced. No. Ian acted acted them acted circles around them probably just because of his own existing and and substantial experience in acting. Um, I guess the primary point for the Vampire Diaries though was to sell music. I mean, the soundtrack was like ready and packaged to sell. Right. I actually have a couple of the songs Uh-oh. from the pilot on my iPod. Well, see that. Well, that's interesting. I hadn't heard. I was like, oh, I mean, when this show was end to end, song after song, kind of writ emo punk, whatever it is the what the cool kids are listening to today, and uh, it didn't really resonate with me. But once I started realizing that this wasn't packaged for us and maybe packaged for our daughter, that you oh, know, maybe that's, that's a scary what, that, thought. That's really what this show is aimed at. 
But, uh, you know, for us, I think for the most part, Vampire Diaries was just cheesy. Well, it was one thing when we saw the, the female hero of the show writing in her diary, but when we saw the the vampire furiously scribbling in his notebook, that caused everybody yeah, to I was like, giggle. dude, he keeps a diary? What kind of a vampire is this? You know, I'd start a blog or something. <laughs> but uh, so that was mildly entertaining. Uh, definitely ended the evening on a high note. And then we basically just sort of scattered into the city looking for food. Right. Well, Jay and Colleen and guys uh, ended up at a bar called Tivoli. It was a little loud and we were looking for something a little bit different. So what we decided to do was look for Ciro's. Um, last year we stopped at Ciro's and had pizza and we really enjoyed it. So we went back. Yeah, I mean, clearly this is where the demographic split happens. Like at about nine o'clock, you and I are like, oh, well, it's about time to go to bed. And everybody else is like, well, now it's about time to paint the town red. Um, and uh, something about bar food just didn't sound quite right to us. So we went to Ciro's, which we found last time. And uh, it's great. It's on Market Street. It's right. re- really close to the convention center. And I'd say considering what you expect to pay for anything in San Diego, it's a fantastic deal. A, a nice substantial slice of pizza for three bucks, a drink on top of that. Um, Nice thin crusts, uh, great kind of toppings. So wonderful toppings. If you want to save money, uh, you would definitely want to check out Ciro's. Great food. You can't go wrong with a pizza late at night. Um, and definitely don't go to Soleil K, which we <laughs> walked past and I was able to make faces at because I'm still mad at Soleil K from last year. So after Ciro's pizza, we basically came back here. Yep, yep. We took the trolley and it was actually the special red line right. that runs straight from the convention center to uh, our hotel in Mission Valley and here we are. Yeah, normally we would have to make two transfers to get to the convention center, but they do they do run a special route and usually it's very crowded and you can't get on, but we we did pretty well this time we so did. that was nice. And I love this rail system. I mean, I don't know how locals feel about it. Maybe it annoys them or not. Maybe they don't even use it, but we've been fighting over a rail transit system in Honolulu since I was six years old, and I just can't wait for them to get one built because the way it works here is absolutely fantastic. So that was pretty much our day. And before uh, Jen passes out here, I guess we sort of cover our plans coming up. What's up tomorrow? We plan on going to the Entertainment Weekly panel titled Wonder Women, which includes our favorite actress, Elizabeth Mitchell, Mm -hmm. also Sigourney Weaver and Zoe Saldana, who played Uhura in the new Star Trek movie. Absolutely. I mean, again, we love Elizabeth Mitchell. We're glad to see her career taking off. She's taking center stage in the sci-fi world and in general drama but uh, it makes us kind of sad for lost but we're definitely happy for her bring back and, julia uh, <laughs> and we're gonna check her panel out or you know her panel with all of these other great actresses and if it's uh, of interest we'll we'll put the audio for that panel on our feed because i know a lot of you are fans of elizabeth mitchell as well the only other couple of things on our wit hit list, I mean, things we want to hit, whether or not we'll actually make it is another matter, but we want to see the psych panel, the right. USA show. Right, the USA um, psych show. We really want to check that out. Also, we missed Dr. Horrible last year, um, the midnight screenings. We completely missed that, so we'd like to hit that this year. Yeah, we're not going to do the midnight ones. They're doing it about 7 or 8 p.m. We just know we have to get in line early for that, but we are big fans of Dr. Horrible, so we'll definitely want to check that out. Now, again, you know, Comic-Con is basically... Uh, exercise in what you can bring yourself to miss. There's usually six good things happening at the same time you want to see. So you've just got to pick what you can give up. Um, and also because of the lines, they're they're insane. So if you want to see this panel at this time, you basically want to be in line and watch maybe the prior two panels to get to the one you really want. So if we want to catch the Wonder Women panel by Entertainment Weekly and the Psych panel, we're going to be basically camped out in Ballroom 20 most of the day. But that means we're going to catch a couple other things possibly by accident. There's going to be Burn Notice, 
which we don't watch, but there's also going to be uh, Dexter, which we saw last year. Right. I'm actually a big fan of Dexter. I missed most of this last season, but we did catch the panel for Dexter last year, and we really enjoyed it. So I really wouldn't mind sitting through another Dexter panel. Yeah, unfortunately, that means we missed a couple of other big things. Tomorrow is Avatar Day. That's in Hall H, the giant, giant hall. And uh, I just don't think we're going to be able to get into that. There's also a Disney 3D panel. Things that were on my you know, dream list, but probably not going to make it. Basically, that's what the story is here at Comic-Con Friday. Though we will be hopefully trying to get into Hall H as insane as that is because we want to see Miyazaki. Right, Hiyo Miyazaki, the Japanese animator. He did Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away and a bunch of other things. Um, he, he is releasing, as far as I know, a new movie at the end of the year and they're going to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, you know, they, they've made a big deal about this for good reason because Miyazaki does not make very many appearances. He doesn't give too many interviews and uh, he's a, clearly a superstar, a major artist in this uh, community. So for him to be here at Comic-Con is a big deal. So that's why they're putting him in Hall H. Uh, his movie coming out is called Ponyo and hopefully they're going to show some clips from that. Um, so if we make it into that though, that means we're basically going to be in Hall H on uh, Friday. And there's some other stuff going on uh, that we could catch. Right, the Warner Brothers showcase where they will be rolling out previews for Where the Wild Things Are, a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie, Jonah Hex, and Sherlock Holmes, which I actually can't wait for. Right. So uh, if we can get into the hottest ticket of the day on Friday, those are some of the things that we're going to catch and maybe chat about. If not, Friday is also the day that Jay and Jack want to do a live show. They're still trying to pick a time. And uh, actually, if Jay and Jack conflicts with anything, we'd probably pick Jay and Jack. Of course. So uh, maybe we'll just participate in their live show on that day. But otherwise, the only other thing, what else is here on Friday? Flash Forward. Flash Forward. Yeah, actually, Flash Forward is the show that ABC wants Lost fans to fall for. The next Lost, yeah. Absolutely. So um, there's a number of Lost folks who are going to be checking out Flash Forward. I think uh, Heath of The Lost Revisited and Miss Wendy, they're going to be doing a podcast devoted to Flash Forward. But uh, if we can catch that session, I certainly wouldn't mind at all. No, that would be great. And finally, Saturday is the big day that we're all here for. It's the big Lost panel in Hall H. It looks like it's the only event in Hall H. Hall H, which is fascinating considering, I mean, last year we had to sit through Heroes to see (laughs) Lost. Looks like they're just going to start with Lost and nothing else reaches that level of draw. Um, I'm bummed that we're going to miss the Chuck panel, but uh, basically we are here for Lost and that's what we're going to be hopefully recording and sharing with you here on our feed on the transmission and that should be great. There are quite a few rumors about who the special guest is going to be. Or special guests. I mean, they've been very emphatic that this is their final Comic-Con and if so, it's going to be our final Comic-Con but uh, they've said they've got a lot of good things in store and they want to emphasize the fan community. So uh, that's going to be kind of great. They're going to be highlighting some of the things that fans have done, art, um, other projects. Uh, There's been some whispers of folks that they've contacted to collaborate. So that'd be kind of cool to check out. Certainly the Lost fan community is a big part of uh, what makes Lost so great. And that's why we're here. Absolutely. Um, Also on that day, there's a special panel um, for the Jay and Jack podcast. And we were able to participate in that last year. Yes. They've got other podcasters on tap this year, but we want to hear what they have to say. And uh, maybe there'll be a special guest or two there. So that'll be kind (laughs) of cool. And finally on Saturday, if that wasn't enough lost, if Saturday wasn't lost day enough for you, uh, Entertainment Weekly is actually planning its own totally lost panel. So we might cover that. Entertainment Weekly's Jeff Jensen and Dan Snyerson are going to... um, Basically talk about fan theories, the fan community, and uh, talk about sort of the things that we talk about. So 
you know, with this long hiatus, we cannot complain about too much lost talk. So if we make it to that, you'll also get that audio. So there'll be all kinds of things to kind of bridge the time between now and the start of season six, in addition to our season three rewatch. Right. So. We'll be starting the season three rewatch in probably a couple of weeks. Yeah. We'll take a little break, but we'll definitely pick that up and we hope you'll join along with us. So I guess that's it for this special edition of, or the special Comic-Con edition of the transmission. We definitely thank you for tuning in and sharing in our little yes. vacation and lost trip. So uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> exactly. Stay lost. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you.